Welcome to Ahead of the Game, a podcast brought to you by the Digital Marketing Institute, giving you insights from industry experts to supercharge your marketing skills. Today, it's the modern mindset, where we explore those soft skills that are so vital to developing your career. And this episode is all about creative development. In other words, generating good ideas and developing them into marketing campaigns, content or tactics. I'm Will Francis, and I'm going to be talking to Andrew Davis. Andrew's a renowned keynote speaker and expert trainer in digital marketing. He's over 20 years of experience to share with us, training organisations like Royal Mail, O2, Ogilvy, KPMG and Imperial College, and many more. His earlier career saw him innovating in digital at the BBC and then a pioneering social network, MySpace, where both Andrew and I worked together in the noughties. Andrew, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Basically, I would love to have more good ideas in my marketing work. How can I do that? <laughs> it's a really big question. So um, so it's one thing that when it comes to idea generation that I've, um, I've been fortunate in, this, in the sense that my career started... Um, well, this, the, the, my first major job was working um, in the UK for the BBC uh, for working for one of their digital stations, Radio One Extra. And when it comes to radio, you are put in a live environment. So your job is, especially when you're doing playlisted shows, because I was doing a playlisted show first, which means a show uh, anywhere from breakfast all the way to about tea time. So about six, seven o'clock uh, p.m. That sh- those shows are the music is already programmed, so you kind you don't have any choice on the music. But what you do have to do is come up with creative ideas whenever the songs are not playing. And if you don't come up with a creative idea, one the user could go somewhere else, or the user the the listener could go somewhere else, or two you look silly live on air. So for me, my job was I had that pressure to always come up with interesting ideas every single day. Um, so when it comes to idea generation, that was kind of uh, built into me. Now it's like a boot camp of creativity. It is a boot camp of creativity where the consequences is you're going to look silly in front of thousands and thousands of listeners, pretty much. Um, but I also realised that not everyone has that that background when it comes to that. So it was a case of saying, all right. How can we be creative in a way where, how can I train creativity to people who are not creative people? And one of the things I say to people is don't waste brain calories. And what I mean by that is sometimes don't think, let the tools do the thinking. Because there's loads of tools online that will help you come up with ideas. For example, the one that I use is called um, Portent Idea Generator. And with Portent Idea Generator, you type in any keyword that you're after and it comes up with sentences and it's slightly clickbaity, but it's for you to come up with ideas around that to say, okay, our company might not use this word or these, this sentence, but I get the idea of it. So let me create something around that sentence. So I use tools as well to come up with that. So Portent Idea Generator, Answer the Public is, a really, is another good one where um, I, I type in a keyword and it gives me numerous, numerous questions around that keyword, 
where you can come up with ideas. So that's just two. And the reality is if you just use those on a consistent basis and spend 20, 30 minutes um, a time just using that, I can pretty much uh, sh uh, say that you won't be running out of ideas. It will be what ideas do I pick now? Because there's so many ideas just off those two tools alone. There's many other tools that I can show, I can talk about throughout this uh, podcast episode. But they're just two that I use always. If Even if I get stuck for ideas, I just go to those and I'll do it. As a trainer, I do this in my sessions and I'll, I'll get them to come up with creative ideas. And I've trained probably anywhere between 11 to 12,000 people all over the world, all different industries um, over the last 11 years. Every time I've done this exercise, there's never been a case where someone can't come up with an idea. So it really works. And that's why I say sometimes don't bother wasting brain calories. Just don't let the tools do the thinking for you. But it's the blank sheet of paper problem, isn't it? And I think one of the worst things for creativity is a blank sheet of paper and not having some other stimulus and input to work on because, yeah. and you're right, something like answer the public is fantastic because you put in a keyword and not only does it generate ideas, those ideas are based on what people are actually searching Google for um, and what, you know, what questions they have, what informational needs they have around that topic that need to be met. And then you can base your ideas on that. You know, it's the same reason that we tell clients to have content pillars. So they have like consistent themes that they produce content around so that each morning it's not just sat in front of a completely blank, uh, you know, Word document or PowerPoint or whatever it is and going, right, what do I do now then? You know, if you've got your content pillars in place, you know that, I don't know, Monday is motivational Monday and it's, yeah, exactly. then it sort of narrows it down a bit, right? Exactly. So I think creativity is partly about narrowing whereas a lot of people think it's a, about you know open thinking with no boundaries yeah exactly and even with the, going back to the content themes i work with a lot of the um, the big professional service networks and again these these companies billion dollar companies anybody who can afford them knows who they are they do the same thing every year they'll have four or five themes and this is what this year is about and content and ideas come from those four or five themes um and that's something that every organization should have um if you don't what are the four or five themes that you think would be relevant to your end users and then from that you can come up with sub categories um and then from that subcategories of the subcategory etc so that's pretty much uh what different ways that i come up with ideas so do you believe that anyone can be creative even if they don't think them of themselves as being i think anyone can come up with a creative idea but being creative a lot of it is to do with the execution so for example i can come up with a creative design idea i can't design it so what i often say to people is if you need to come up with a creative design idea say um then and, and you're not creative then you really need to look at how to master outsourcing mm -hmm. and understanding how can I give this to somebody who can outsource this? So I often say, don't be an entrepreneur, be an entrepreneur. And that is master outsourcing. Because if I can't deliver something that looks really good to the level that I want it to look good at, then, and I still know, and I know it needs to be done, then I'm going to have to find someone who can. 
So I might have the idea, but I just can't execute that idea. And this is what I think a lot of creativity is about from idea generation all the way down to execution. So yes, people can be creative from the first early stage, but they might not be able to execute. However, I also know some people, amazing designers, they just can't come up with the idea as well. They just say, once you tell them the idea, amazing. Once they kind of get what's in your head into theirs, they can make it amazing. But what they struggle with is the idea itself. So mm-hmm. in creativity, I feel that there's different stages. Yeah, and and any successful entrepreneur will tell you that in terms of managing time, you should be doing the stuff that only you can do because you're best at it and everything else should be done by someone else, should be outsourced, so, right? Yeah. So, you know, it would yeah. be a waste of your time to, if, if you're not great at design, to like go and learn that or hone your skills because that's not where you add value. Yeah. Okay, and thinking about if if people are listening and they're part of a marketing team or maybe they're part of a small company and that's just a team, what systems have you seen work really well for team brainstorming? So in other words, harnessing ideas from a group of people and actually turning them into something that can then be developed into marketing content. So when it comes to that, I feel that you need guidance. So I'm a big fan of frameworks. Because if you just sat down and you said, right, we've got, you guys are in a group and this is the exercise, go. Um, especially if the whole exercise, the point of this is to do with idea generation and brainstorming. Um, yes, that can work. But sometimes people just need that little prompt. So if, for example, you say, okay, well, we need to come up with an idea around creating a social media, a new social media group on Facebook. I say, okay, cool. Now you guys come up with ideas and then people just come up with random ideas. Then it might be a case of saying, actually, what we want to the whole point of this group is we want to aim at this particular audience. So then it filters down the thought process. And then it might be a case of saying, we also need to be able to create content, three or four pieces of content on this a day. So then it's a case of saying, actually, this is really good idea, but we won't be able to say much about it so let's go with this idea as well so that's the that's the other thing where sometimes you you if you're going to work with people some people need reference points or pointers or framework to then work around then they can get creative in that framework yeah and i often kind of compare it to to like when we worked at myspace myspace was basically do what you want, just don't break the rules. So imagine if this was a big circle. Anything that you go out of this circle was then you've, you're breaking the rules. But be creative in this thing. But we gave them reference points to say, don't do this. Mm-hmm. But also you would have popular pages to give people ideas as well. So okay, saying, oh, okay, this is actually going really popular. Let's do something like that. And then you see it on YouTube, you see it on Instagram, and that might be hashtags. So these are all reference points and these are really key. Um, whoever facilitates that is that's really important because yes you give five people who are not good at idea generating a task with no pointers then it's just going to have five people sitting there confused (laughs) so rather than one it's now you've got five people confused so i would say pointers is really key yeah absolutely it's again it's about narrowing down people need parameters to work in you know and yeah uh, again it's such a missed thing with creativity i think um and you, you talk about um yeah you know spotting trends or you mentioned kind of spotting popular pages or 
people or influencers like where do you go for inspiration where do you go to kind of fuel your ideas um in terms of just immersing yourself in so not tools as such but just places online to immerse yourself to kind of fuel your own creativity so for me i used um twitter lists so when it comes to twitter i use lists on twitter and then within those lists i will have different um databases say so i might have a list that says influencers um, um and i might have a list that says journalists i may have a list that says footballers i may have a list that says memes technology innovation and what whenever i come across somebody who's po- posting stuff that i quite like i just put them into a list and then i check my lists every day and then from there i'll come up with ideas i'll come up with or information and I work from there. So, but that's how how somebody like how I come up with ideas. Um, so when it comes to um, say social media news, I'll have a list called social media news, and I'll post anybody who posts stuff in social media. So that's how I stay up to date with that. I, I don't I don't surf the internet. I'm not someone who surfs the internet. I probably go to six seven seven websites a day. Um, but rather than chase the information, I let the information come to me. And that's why I ha- and I let that come to me one way, Twitter lists, other ways, um, email. I subscribe to quite a few email um, newsletters and do it that way. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. You know, like um, an email's had a huge resurgence, you know, and even one of the email newsletters I subscribe to is actually a digest of what's on Reddit. What's, so what's on very certain subreddits? There's this thing called Mailbrew, and um, it basically delivers me what's trending on Reddit in marketing, in technology, kind of like you do with Twitter Twitter lists. Um, And I can see basically what ideas, and I suppose it's getting that sense of what ideas are really kind of getting people fired up in this space at the moment. What's what's interesting people, what's getting people excited, you know? Hello, a quick reminder from me that if you're enjoying our podcast series, why not become a member of the DMI so that you can enjoy loads more content from webinars and case studies to toolkits and more real-life insights from the world of digital marketing. Head to digitalmarketinginstitute.com forward slash ahead of the game, sign up for free. Now back to the podcast. Okay, so let's start to think about how you get your ideas, you've shortlisted them, you've, you've whittled them down, you've, you're confident that you've, there's some things you want to generate content around. Do you have a process for turning ideas into actual executed pieces of content? Um, so it depends. So for me, my ideas would be, it's kind of split into two areas. And one area would be what I post myself on my marketing channels which really is linkedin and another would be what can i use this in a training or keynote scenario so what i would do is i'm pretty good now at taking information saying i want to let people on linkedin know about this or actually i'm going to i've got this idea and now i'm going to turn this into a training material so you're very focused about where that idea is going to end up as an execution. Because again, that's interesting. You know, you say about you're on LinkedIn, you're not on six different social networks. You're I am, but I just don't post. Well, you're you're only active, you're most active on LinkedIn. So yeah. you're very focused about when you see when you get inspired, 
you're very clear about how that's going to materialize in the end because you know that it's going to be a LinkedIn post, you know? And I think that's just a valid point yeah. not to skip over because yeah, no, it's a very good point, people yeah. don't, it, it really shapes your thinking. And if people don't have that focus, they're just kind of splashing stuff all over the internet without any real, they haven't got that focus to keep it, you know, streamlined, efficient and effective, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, so for example, if I was using Instagram and LinkedIn, I might take a piece of content that's on LinkedIn that I posted today, but I might not post it on Instagram. I might use, I might see funny things that I'll see on somewhere like Reddit, as you mentioned, or Twitter or wherever I see it on the internet, Facebook, and that actually I might put on Instagram. So I would have a different personality on Instagram that I would on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn is a mixture of innovation. It's a mixture of marketing. It's a mixture of advertising. It's a mixture of serious stuff but it's also funny, silly things as well. So it's ultimately on LinkedIn, I'm building my personality as a trainer or keynote speaker. That's essentially how, how I do it. But, but you won't see my silly side on LinkedIn unless it's related to business. So on Instagram, like I'm very, I like stuff that in most cases that are socially, uh, politically incorrect. I find some of that stuff funny. Um, so I'll post that on Instagram, but there's no way I'll put it on LinkedIn because I don't, I might get attacked and, but actually I'm not necessarily agreeing with it. I just think that was actually quite funny, but I'll post it to Instagram because I know the people who follow me on Instagram are just my mates. They'll get it. And I don't promote my Instagram. Yeah. So, and they'll, they'll, they'll get it. And I know that they won't be offended. Um, or if they are offended, they're just more, oh, and you're just being silly rather than, I don't know, Andrew, I'm following him because I saw him here and now I thought he was this and etc. So yeah, I think, like I said, I've, I've, I've always had that structure in the sense that this is information that I'm going to share here, or I'm going to turn this in. There's a lesson here and I'm going to use this for this. So that's, that's where I've, I, I've done that I do. And again, when it comes to organizations, um, like if you're thinking it's some, like I said, it works for me, I'm not saying this is the right or wrong way, but it's always good to kind of take information and think, where would, where would this go? But also don't be afraid to say, you know what, that just engaged me or that just added value to my life or that just made me laugh or smile. And that's it. And just let it go as well. So it's just knowing what to filter. So in terms of, you know, executing on our, our ideas, can we prototype ideas? Yeah, definitely. I think you can. In fact, you should be testing. Um, I always test. So for example, if I'm going to do anything on Facebook, if I'm going to do any Facebook advertising or Instagram advertising, I have this mindset of be prepared to lose 500 pounds first because that 500 pounds, when I say lose 500 pounds, it's more I'm gathering data and information. And if, for example, I've got a pixel on my site, I'm building up the pixel first. The next 500 pounds, it might be a case of saying, right, I'm trying to just break even now because the first 500 pounds, I'm doing all my, I'm figuring things out. The next 500 pounds is like, I'm just really testing to see if this works. And then after that, I should make profit. That's how I kind of look at it. But also that 500 pounds, that might be spent in a week. I might be, or five days, that might be a hundred pounds a day. So again, it's not, don't think 500 pounds could last one month, etc. So, but I'm always testing. Yeah. And also to kind of test and grow. Like I think we live in a world now where the tweet can become a Twitter thread. The Twitter thread can become an article 
uh, or a blog. You know, the blog can become a published article. The published article can become a book. I mean, I've seen that happen. I've seen authors go on that trajectory of floating an idea on Twitter, and then two years later, the book comes out, and it kind of progressively grew into bigger pieces of content because something about that idea it sort of sparked interest in people. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a big believer in that. And like you say, the good thing about paid advertising, whatever you think about it, it's like um, it's like an experiment you, that you can pay to participate in, right? And you can test well, not just A, B, like A through to Z and round again, right? You can test any number of variants and find out. You know, we, we've heard tales of book publishers putting book covers in those ads that don't even exist yet. They've not even commissioned the book. They're not even paid the advance to the author or films that bring the trailer out. I mean, it kind of happened with Sonic the Hedgehog, that movie, didn't it? You know, I mean, I'm not sure they quite planned it that way, but when people saw the trailer of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, they hated the way that Sonic was animated. Yeah. And so went back to the drawing board, delayed the movie, and they brought out a Sonic that everyone loved. Yeah. Um, Had they been smarter about that, they would have actually created a little one-minute video of the animated sonic to and then done some social listening right yeah and then created the movie but the problem is with that though the, the movie wasn't great after all of that anyway <laughs> so it was um it all, all kind of goes back to the content but yeah no definitely i think that that you never know that's the thing you put out a tweet you never know what that tweet could lead to um and that's the other thing when you talk about creativity you could post one thing and next thing you know it turns into something amazing that you're like I never realized that this, the feedback told me this. And hence why when people, if anyone of the listeners has ever done any social media training or digital training, um, you'll have, hopefully whoever trains you will talk about listening and monitoring. And because the information you get back can dictate what to do next. Because the reality is data is irrelevant unless you can turn it into something. Otherwise, it's just, oh, okay, that's interesting. So you need to turn it into something. So essentially, you're listening to what the data says. Then you're delivering on that data. And that is all part of the creativity process. So you think you think data plays a role in creativity? Because I suppose there's always there's always the tension between the, the art and the science, as people say, you know, yeah. and, and not just taking the data too literally, uh, keeping it injected with some of that kind of, je ne sais quoi, yeah. human creativity, but at the same time making sure that your assumptions are backed up, kind of like we talked about with that tool answer, the public, it's yeah. kind of that, isn't it? That it is backed up by hard evidence that people want that. Definitely. But at the same time, it's then up to you to turn it into a good creative idea and present it in a way that sparks interest. Because definitely, yeah, because when you look at the, the art or the science or the creativity and the data, if you've got some the way marketing has been split now over the years is that you've kind of got the creativity side of marketing which is about brand etc then you've got the marketing which is about analytics and data i think that what makes a fantastic marketer they can apply both so if you're a data marketer you can come up with the data but if you can't and the data might say tiktok is the place to be right now but if you can't come up with something creative for tiktok then you're just going to be one of the millions of people who post every minute that no one sees. However, if you're just very creative, you can come up with the most amazing piece of content, but if no one sees it, so what? So you need to be that mixture of the two. I'm personally, I'm probably more 52% creative, 48% data. Um, when I see information that's out there, I would you'd act like marketing is all about data now. 
Um, but I don't know, maybe I, I'm old school. I still like the creativity. The creativity is what makes, for me, I, I love creativity. I love when someone comes up with an idea and can deliver on that. I think that's one of the beautiful things in life um, from a thought to a, this is what it is now. Um, not necessarily saying the law of attraction or anything like that, but it's it's that. It's coming something that was in my head and now look. Um, and now what makes it even better is that when people see it. Because one thing I hate is seeing so many creatives that come out with an amazing video with six views. But that's most content. You know, that's most most content doesn't get looked at, doesn't get shared, doesn't get cared about. Exactly. I think that they, a YouTube put out a stat and they said 90% of YouTube videos do less than a thousand views. So that's a, a vast majority get less than a thousand views. And you want to not be in that 90%. So you want to be, because especially it's creative, because what I've, in my career, and I worked in the music industry pretty much for 10 years, I've met a lot of talented, broke singers, thousands of them, whether I'm working at the BBC or when I was working at MySpace, thousands of talented, broke singers. But what they are, creatives, but you might not have data to be seen, taking the data so people can see it. That essentially is, is, is the difference. And even now, I work with the government. Um, I've done a, a training uh, program with the government and it, they had 500, slightly more than 500 tech startups. Amazing tech. No one's heard of them. And this is key because, again, you don't want to, you don't want to be a creative with amazing stuff that only you and your friends see. It's taking the data and the information and knowing how to promote as well. And that's just as creative as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so thinking about how listeners can harness ideas within their businesses i mean they do say i've often heard it said a good idea can come from anywhere so how can our listeners involve people from outside the marketing department because it's creativity is very much seen as marketing's job and marketing's domain how do we open up bring down the walls and welcome in ideas do you think from around an organization sometimes i think because this, I've heard people say this uh, a few times, and sometimes I think people are thinking about this way more than needs be. The they're, they're, they're analysing it way too much, and what I mean by that is sometimes it's a case of just asking. It's a case of just walking up to whoever might be in HR and just saying, "Look, I know." And then you might you want to do a bit of research first, so you might want to just check them out on social media, or you know them anyway, um, and just going up to them and say, "Look." I've got this idea that does da, 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 but I'd love to get your your input. What do you think? And you'll be surprised by the amount of people that will turn around and will probably be interested to to input because they never asked anything like this before. You know, the person who works in accounts or the IT or whoever it may be, um, they might not. No one's ever asked their opinion about stuff. They're just there to do their job. When you start involving other people, you'll be surprised the relationship you build with them, but also some of the ideas. Um, I remember working with, say, the Royal Mail, and th there's like 140,000 staff. Like, there's a lot of staff, like in the hundreds of thousands of staff. And when they started really kind of looking at some of the posties and what they do, there's some so much creativity. In fact, one postie created the album cover for the last, I think it's like, or a Public Enemy album. And they had it just like a post, it's just a postman. <laughs> but actually, this person is extremely creative. 
So you'll be surprised by just going around, just asking people, um, just say, hey, I'd love to get your thoughts. And if you're in a big organization, again, obviously the way the world is now, could it be something where you just send out an email to a group of people or speak to whoever's the head of that department and say, look, I'd just love to get your guys' ideas about this. It's, I think you guys, but then also cater to their ego as well. I think you guys, like some of the creative ideas, it's not always the marketing, it's here, but I think you guys could help and because really appreciate what you have to say. And, you know, the reality is someone told me this a long time ago and it always stuck to me. And he said, when it comes to your business, the most creative person should not be your marketer or designer. It should be your accountant. And I was like, and I just laughed because obviously I knew what he meant. But you'll be surprised. If an accountant can be creative with numbers, you wonder what they could do when it, when it comes to Photoshop and you creating it on Photoshop for them. So, you know, don't don't just think of the obvious. Always think outside the box. Totally. And, you know, people from around the business have different insights, right? You know, so someone in IT or, the, you know, that understands how the, a product is delivered a bit more would have some insights into customers that in the marketing department you just don't, perhaps have access to you know so i think again it's appealing to that and uh, appealing to their like you say appealing to their ego a bit making them feel good about being involved i think exactly and, and the other thing as well actually i remember working at myspace so when you first started working at myspace you was in reception and i remember thinking to myself will knows quite a lot of stuff like will's not just a receptionist will knows like because I, I was i could i could tell so i used to come to you at like and ask you stuff like, I'd be like, oh, well, what do you think of this? Or you could use Photoshop. I believe you could, was it Photoshop that you could do? I used to come to you to say, can you sort this out? And I could like hack MySpace pages and make them like look a certain way and stuff, yeah. Yeah, because I knew that you could do that. And I knew that the marketing department or couldn't do it or the design department were too busy, like a couple of the guys in design. So I will come to you. Um, and also I remember when James Howard came in, I think he came as an intern, but I was like, I'm speaking to you way before I'm speaking to the heads of the department because you 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 get this so for me i've i'm always been about let me go to somebody who is outside of the obvious because i want to i want their point of view because their point of view actually is better than the point of views that we see because it's hard to see the picture when you're in the frame so i'm going to speak to other people so i've always had that that mentality of that absolutely yeah you're right you're right it's people on the ground it's the people who are closest to it you know um, and that was that was definitely the case with uh, with me back then. Okay, so do you think good ideas can come from your customers? Like you know, there's the very famous example of the American beauty brand Glossier, and they um, there's a case study uh, that I created actually on the Digital Marketing Institute's website all about how they rose to fame. But one of the key things that they do is they base so much on their customers' ideas. Um, and they make a, a proactive attempt to harness ideas from their customers. Now, that's not to say that a customer makes a complaint and suddenly everything has to change. You know, they're not reactive in that way. They do proper listening, but they do listen to their customers and they turn the overall picture of what people think about that industry, about their products, into new products, into campaigns. Um, do you think that's something that any of us could do to kind of try and harness ideas from our customers? <laughs> Yes, in a nutshell, but it really depends how you go about doing it because yes, we can, we can look at our customers and, and get ideas from them, but it's the old saying that Henry Ford said, and that is, if I listened to my customers, I would have created a faster horse. 
So the customer, you, you need to be very strategic when you're going to listen to the customer and not saying that you need to be, uh, you need to create some user generated campaigns uh, because also that, to make user generated campaigns work, there's too many moving parts. If you're going to base everything around, you want to make it a bit more organic and a bit more natural. Um, information that the customers do. So the Glossier one that you mentioned, Dell was another one that they, they use it. They actually have like a whole center around, around the customer's thoughts and um, that recognition. They want to give their customers recognition over reward in some cases it's making them feel part of your journey part of the mission that's what glossier do like everyone who buys from them feels like part of something um part of a you know a new way to approach the beauty industry you know yeah but i wouldn't be surprised and i've heard it in the past where where you've got a brand that's taken a customer's idea and next thing you know the customer's suing them because it's like you stole my 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 intellectual property or you stole my idea as well so there's there's that as well so i think with i'm a big fan of using customers and getting those insights and or whether it be information that you've got from your analytics uh or in real-time analytics as well but again it's i think it's being strategic around it um if it's, if you're going to execute it into something that's quite large yeah well um i know our time is coming to an end i just want to ask you you, you talk about creativity in your training um how do you teach others to be more creative like i said sometimes i'll just show them so that's why I'll, I'll go back to what we said right at the beginning, where I'll don't waste brain calories, come up with with um, just use these tools. But essentially, when I'm training, whether I'm training social media or content marketing or influencer marketing or any areas of digital, um, I will have frameworks, and I will say to them almost at the beginning, I'm going to show you creativity. Sometimes I won't necessarily say it to them, but the reality is. Most people think creativity is creating something, but creativity, if you look at the hot from a business point of view, it's not just creating, it's getting people to see it, but also converting people to do whatever you want them to do. So there's actually a number of different parts that's creative because I know creative conversion specialists. I know creative creation specialists. So it's without necessarily saying it, all my training sessions is around creativity um so i'm showing people sometimes at the end, beginning i'll say it sometimes i might even say it at the end um to say look end of the day some of you came in here thinking how do i be a bit more creative well this is what we've gone through throughout the day you've actually created this strategy all i did is give you some reference points and you've come up with this so you can be creative everyone can be creative we just need to work out what they can be creative what's their what is that spot that they need creativity for? Because I am I can be creative, very creative in the things that I love, but I can't be creative in things that I, I have no idea about because I just don't have any idea. So that's the other thing as well. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, well, mate, that's I think that's all we've got time for. Uh, you know, it's been uh, that's been really interesting to talk to you about the soft skill of creativity. It's an intangible one, but it's one that everyone in marketing struggles with to some extent um and really needs to get better at so that was really interesting to chat to you about really appreciate your time before i let you go tell our listeners where they can find you online sure so me um as i said earlier on 
my I really uh, focus on my creativity on LinkedIn. So you can find me at linkedin.com slash IN slash Andrew M Davis. And that is Davis spelled D-A-V-I-S. Uh, or you can go to my website, which is andrewmilesdavis.com. That's great. We'll do that. Thanks very much, Andrew. Cheers for your time. See you soon. Brilliant. Thanks, Will. Take care. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about transforming your marketing career through certified online training, head to digitalmarketinginstitute.com. Thanks for listening.